So the NRL Supercoach All-Stars podcast. This is Barnsley. Back again for another week. We had a solo podcast last week after a bit of a hiatus for a birth and also for the buys and everything else that's been going on. And now we're in COVID lockdown in Sydney, so it's great fun. But got Billy on this week, which is great because, Billy, it's been over a month now since you've been on the podcast, so I had to rotate you back in. How's things been going in sunny Queensland, mate? No lockdown, but certainly I'm sure everyone's shit scared about Origin tomorrow. <laughs> Mate, the uh, birth of, rebirth of Billy, I'm back. He's back. <laughs> on a good, yeah, on a good run. Now, um, yeah, I'm not sure how the uh, origin, origin thing's going to ramp out up here, mate. There's uh, lots of people still filthy and whingy at work about, about the refs. They haven't even made any bad calls yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you get to go now. I mean, that's the other thing, too. You you guys get to go to the Origin game for Game 3. It was meant to be our one game in Sydney, and now we don't even have that. But, um, yeah, I, I think the tickets are even a little bit cheaper than what they have been normally because they want to get a good crowd there. <laughs> yeah, true. I, have, I haven't looked at the prices, mate, but that's probably the thing. Um, the weather up here is sensational at the moment. It's, um, I mean, it's, it's chilly, but it's nowhere near what probably what it is down there, and it's a dry track at the moment. So if it stays this way, mate, it should be uh, plenty of... Pl- plenty of uh, Line breaks from Turbo, maybe even a couple from the, uh, the left centre, if you can get enough runway. Do you think that Queensland have got any chance? Because I, I, I honestly think New South Wales are just going to tell them again. I said that last year, mate, but for some reason um, they, they got a game or two up. So any, anything can happen, mate. I honestly can't see it happening. It'd be it'd be a hard sell to back them. They got he's got hammer. It's 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 unbelievable. He's got hammer market him. Like that's got to be the worst poor green decision in the history of decisions in the history of the world, like to have Travojevic carving you up and then go, let's throw the hammer into debut at centre. Like, seriously. Well, look, he's he's got a bit of speed, but he's got to get through a line to use it. I mean, there's not much use chasing down the offensive team. No, and look, it's, the biggest thing is the defence on that side, right? Because they're just getting carved up. It's just, it makes no sense. It's a really good segue because... I'm going to go a Top Sport bet of the week for the origin. And Top Sport is our fantastic partner of the All-Stars podcast. They are a 100% Australian-owned bookmaker. They have often the best odds in the market across all sports, not just NRL. If you are going to gamble, do it responsibly. But make sure that you create your account with Top Sport with one of our promo codes. SC All-Stars is all you'll need. They'll know that you're one of our listeners then. And they'll take really good care of you and know that you're into the NRL as well. But top sport better the week for Origin to segue. We've got the New South Wales Origin team line of minus eleven and a half points for a dollar ninety. I honestly could not smash that enough times. Like that's unbelievable quality. Um, I I can't say them not winning twelve plus. So I reckon that's fantastic. I would have thought of you 24. I was picking them to win by at least 30 last time, but 11 and a half. That's well, they paid like a dollar 30 just for the win. Like seriously, I, I thought they'd be a dollar 10, dollar 15. But um, yeah, like it's it's really good odds on Top Sport anyway. Um, but even some of the other bookmakers don't seem to think that it's going to be that easy. I think that they're, I think that they're letting the, I guess, origin sentiment of the past 
of it, you know, not being that many whitewashes and stuff, getting to them with the odds, maybe? Actually, I know what it is. I completely forgot that Cleary's out and you got Moses in there. So that's probably played, played a, uh, a factor of some kind with the uh, with the price there, but I'd, I'd still be having it around the 18 mark at least. Yeah, for sure. Look, that's a great value bet. And look, Top Sport likes to give good odds, so that's the other thing. They're top blokes, so get in there. <laughs> get the minus 11.5 weekend. Look, this podcast, what we're going to be talking about this week, ahead of round 18, we're going to have a quick strategy chat with me and Billy to talk about your trades and the run home and some things to look out for. And then we're going to go into a more extensive round 18 preview because we've got a bit more time to spend on the previews now. And I think they're probably going to be a bit more important because this time around, at this time of year, when you hit sort of round 18, everyone's got squads that are going to be pretty deep. So you're all of a sudden going to have a lot of sit decisions and play decisions. So we're going to be incorporating a lot more uh, discussion on who to sit in matchups because that's going to be more and more integral now that people are running out of trades but also have very deep squads. So we'll spend a lot of time on the on the matchup previews. Really interesting week. I mean, before we even get into that, actually, the buy rounds just come. So obviously a lot of people have, have used a lot of their trades. How did you find the buy round and did you use all your trades for it, Billy? Yeah, I smashed them. Um, I've only got about four left, but um, I used everything I could. Uh, unfortunately, I spent um, all um, both my trades for an extra sort of 60 points. So I bought in uh, Cody Nicarima and, um, and, and ended up passing on Rami purely because I didn't want to get rid of Hines. But I ended up getting, um, what's his name, oh, Billy Smith in just for a one-week cameo. Um, given that I have um, Ikebala on my team, I thought, you know, keep both of those and rotate one or two. But, um, yeah, absolutely used it to smash it. And my boy Bill came in, so that sort of came in handy for about sort of 900 39 40 points. Yeah, I know exactly what your points were because you, you came head-to-head with me in one of the cash leagues and I scored 874 and I thought that was pretty good and you ended up beating me because of Billy Smith. So, thanks, mate. Didn't, didn't realise that. <laughs> I won 9 out of 10 leagues and the one that I lost was to you and it was a $50 cashy. Uh, but, uh, look, I, I found it to be a really disappointing buy for a lot of reasons. Um, but one of them was... It really, it didn't happen as much with the first buy, but this buy, I think especially because people weren't looking and having as many players for it, when you get kneecapped by two or three players that you're expecting to play, it really hurts, because I think a lot of people were sort of around that 10 or 11 mark, and then all of a sudden they were, they had six or seven going into the week, because you had guys like Tohu Harris out, um, guys like Curran out that people had held, and a couple of other guys that ended up not being named as well, so... That ended up killing a lot of teams, I think, um, which also meant that it was really easy to to move up if you had enough if you had enough players in your squad, which I think a lot of people ended up moving well. But the other shit thing about it was that it just it wasn't that great a performing by round. Like I mean, obviously, the Manly game didn't go that great, uh, which you know Garrick owners will attest to, and, and Saab owners even more so. But the Roosters didn't go that well against the Bulldogs either overall, even though there were some decent scores. So I don't think it was a great buy round, and there wasn't that many people that you really wanted for it. So I reckon that this week there is thousands of super coaches with mass buy regret on, shit, why did I bother to buy this guy? Because I could have saved that trade that I could really use now, and I'm just not going to really want him in my team from now on. Yeah, you've got to make sure that you're set, your team is still set for coming out the other side of the buyers, because... Otherwise, you end up having to play your buy round guys in in round, you know, the uh, the full strength round minus a couple of players from Origin rest. So, 
um, all, all the points that you make up in the buy round basically get offset by, you know, for feeder and those guys coming back when you probably could have just got them early. Yeah, and I mean, like, someone like Milne was a classic, a classic buy example where he actually hasn't really scored very well while he's been starting on the wing, but then he busts out with a massive 150 odd or whatever it was that he scored. So, I mean. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, he's, he's not, he's not a guy that you would, you would go out and actively buy for a middle run or for the run home, particularly when, his uh his job security wasn't wasn't 100 percent and he's uh, the the rabbits always go left but when you got a team that's you know playing a, a, it's almost full strength playing a devastated one and you can get in for almost sort of base price as a cash out and a jewel that was the that was the attraction early but only only because it, you know, I was able to sort of cover him for a couple of weeks and just playing for that one game but bulldogs this week so hopefully he comes back for another treble. Yeah, well, I mean, it is a chance. It's just, it's one of those things where you got guys like him that are cheapies, then ended up just killing the round. But then you've got guys like Nicarima who have gone really well all year that get down-dated. I think he got down-dated from 17 to 7. Yeah, it was frustrating. The other thing, too, like, how painful is it having, you know, a full-strength team and then all of a sudden finding out on game day, oh, SJ's not kicking. Oh, Nicarima's not kicking. He's get kicked in the balls twice. Yeah, I mean, at least SJ threw up a 52, but yeah, it was frustrating that he wasn't kicking. Um, let's let's start to talk a little bit about some trade strategy from now on in round 18. Run home and purchasing. Um, managing your trades is really, really important. Now, uh, there's some teams that have got no trades. Uh, there's, I think a lot of teams probably have that sort of two to five kind of range. If you've got more than five, six plus, I reckon you're in really good shape. And you can probably afford to do a little bit more. Uh, but there's obviously round 18 to 25 is a very long time, Billy. How you manage these trades for the run home is really, really important. When should you be getting your final team together? Because this is the other thing that's really hard for people. You know, you're going to have some, say a David Fafita, for example, who's available. You know, you're going to have some people who will be looking at getting him in um, in a couple of weeks' time and waiting rather than getting him in straight away because maybe they don't have the money. You know, should they burn a second trade to downgrade elsewhere just to get him in as soon as possible? Um, likewise, there's going to be guys like Angus Crichton who have a break-even well over 100. He, he's probably going to be cheaper in two weeks' time. You know, do you wait for the, the big BE to come down and for him to drop 50K? Or do you just spend up and trade up now and burn trades to leave yourself short of trades but to get those guys in earlier? Because, I mean... There's two schools of thought with it. You know, one is, yeah, you can wait. The other one that I always worry about, though, is that with only seven rounds left, I really feel like you're really missing out on value every week that you wait. Because, you know, when you're purchasing David Fafita for seven rounds, you're getting a lot more out of that and you're catching up a lot more than if you're purchasing him for, say, five or four rounds. Yeah, look, those those sort of guys might have sort of higher sort of break-evens. But if they're scoring poorly, are you going to want to buy them next week? Like, you, you want them for the points. So, at this point in the season, regardless of whether you're playing head-to-head overall, you want uh, you want points. So, there's no point waiting for a guy to drop in, in a week or two weeks because if that costs you a head-to-head final, a head-to-head match, then you, you're dropping three or four spots in your head-to-head comp. And if it means you don't make the eight or don't make the four, you don't get a second bite at that cherry for the uh, head-to-head finals, you basically... You know, uh, killing the reason for getting the guy in the first place. So just bite the bullet and get him as soon as possible. And to answer your other question around uh, team team volume, most teams really sort of are only looking to finalise one or two more spots now. 
and that would probably be bringing Cleary back in sort of four or five weeks for a final, so maybe saving one trade for that just in case he busts out 150 at a grand final and kills you. Um, and probably the inevitable, possibly uh, waiting for like a, uh, a decent hooker to, to in case what's his name starts punching uh, 35 tackles again and uh, possibly uh, Papin Hughes getting him back in. So there's probably only two or three, guy, two or three guy, key guys that the people sort of waiting for now, like that and the obvious for fee to kind of buy in. Yeah, very true. I mean, the other question as well is that I think there's going to be some teams that are going to get to this point, and I'm very close to this actually, where you look at it and go, well, I don't have mass bank and I don't have mass trades. Am I, am I going to have a chance at making a run if I bypass one of the two or three guns I was going to get in and go for a pod? You know, is that the right type of decision? Because maybe some teams can't afford it, Billy, and I'm maybe in that boat as well. If I were to get in the guys that I wanted, I'm probably going to have to not necessarily nuff someone, but pretty close to nuff someone and just get in a, a real cheap 250, 300k plug guy or, or just complete nuff to be able to make those trades happen in the next two weeks. So I've got that decision to make myself. Do I do that and leave myself with one or two trades for the run home? Or do I just go, you know what, maybe a, maybe a Cameron Murray at 7% ownership it, it can produce more than what Angus Crichton can, and he's 180k less, so I don't have to bite the bullet on that other trade. I think you're in the, in the top 200, and you're in within reach of sort of uh, the, the finishing line. Burn, baby, burn. Just burn whatever you can. Don't leave anything to sort of second chance because there's 200 people in front of you trying, trying the same route. If you're outside of the top 200 and going for overall, maybe be a little bit sort of limited with your, with, with, with your, with your trade options. Don't absolutely destroy them all. Maybe leave a couple up your sleeve for injuries and hope you can sort of slipstream the guys up the front, but maybe, uh, focus on uh, quality. So not, not quality over quality, but like one big gun like for feeder and then using, still trying to find guys like, you know, like a Ramian or like even a cheaper Milne and hope, hope that those guys continue their sort of pod runs. But if you're purely head to head, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be focusing too much on trades. What I'd be doing is looking at your opponent and going, I just need to beat this boat next week. Um, he's going to score 200 points less than me without any trades. So I'm not going to worry about trying to get uh, any extra points. I just want to beat him. I'm going to save the trades and possible injuries or beating the bloke next week. Yep, yep. I mean, the other thing that goes hand in hand with that as well is there's guys that have obviously gone ballistic that maybe you weren't going to get in. Uh, and I'm going to use two really easy examples in Alex Johnston and also Garrick. So Garrick's still around 800k. Alex Johnston isn't far off at around 750 or so. Now, you've missed out on those guys so far. Uh, Alex Johnston has scored 13 tries in five games now, <laughs> which is just crazy. Souths obviously have the dogs this week and a pretty good draw still. Do you bite the bullet and spend up just to get those guys in or one of those guys in? Or do you just sort of say, look, it's going to cost me two trades rather than one. And if you've got like four trades left, it's just not worth bothering to get one of those guys in. And you're just going to have to death ride them, maybe get a 450k center wing instead and hope that you can kind of catch up. I wouldn't be getting AJ right now because his price is insane and he needs to score two tries every week to be relevant. And he's likely going to do it. But for that sort of, that sort of price, he's a bit, there's a bit of volatility. I'd probably stay away from centers. I don't think centers have the, uh, the exorbitant sort of um, uh, points range as the wingers do. But the, the Rabbits have got um, Dogs, Warriors, Dragons, 
then it Eels and Titans. So they've got you know, four out of five pretty solid games coming up. So you're going to be lo- absolutely loading up on the, on their back line 100%. So I'd at least be going for a Milne still. But the other thing is they, they finish off in their grand final for with, with the um, with St. George Dragons. So the way the Dragons are going, like any, any sort of rabbit that you can get in the team could pretty much win your grand final for you. So I think even though you might have missed the boat with them, you, you still need to find at least one of those one of those the three outside backs as a pod to sort of keep pace with the Joneses. Yep, yep. The other thing that I really like to do, and I see a lot of teams not doing it at this point of the year, so I think the teams can get carried away with, I need to get a David feeder in, or I need to get this player in or this player, and they leave a real big gap in their side. And what happens to some teams is in two or three weeks' time after they do all these trades, they're going to find themselves with one trade left, and they're going to look at their centre wing and go, geez, I've got to play Jason Saab against like the Melbourne Storm. And I don't have any other backups that I can use to rotate through because my centre's crap. Or I'm, I'm stuck with a really underperforming hooker, whoever that might be, whether it's a Braley or whatever. I didn't really give myself a backup option to play someone else there. Uh, I think a lot of teams are going to leave themselves short. So one thing that I have said to a lot of people that have asked me questions about their side or, you know, have chatted to me about, you know, what they should look at and stuff. I'm always surprised that someone's got like a glaring hole in their team at this point where I'm like, you're going to really hate yourself for the next seven weeks when you have to play these guys that you own there because you didn't make a trade there. I'm always surprised that guys are going to stack up in their second row when they've already got good second rowers. I, I would almost like... Angus Crichton's one of the guys I've got to get in right, Billy. I would almost bypass Angus Crichton if I only had four playable centre wings and, you know, one one of them was not very good anyway. You know, I'd rather get a centre wing to rotate in because the reality is the points gap that you're going to have in that bad position in your team for the run home is just going to kill you and it's going to kill your scores in your team and your matchups in your head-to-head. So would you agree that you, with some of those team builds that are out there at the moment, they've put themselves in the corner where they have to kind of bite the bullet and fix up the floor in their team for the run home? Yeah, I think so. Particularly when you have potential sort of resting games or guys that have difficult games because a lot of the players in front of you now are at the top of the ladder, or, or not even teams at the top of the ladder. But you're going you're to have a super coach teams that have so much depth now that they can, they can have a bloke like... I mean, real bad, dodgy example, Alex Johnson, who they, they can play for the next three weeks or four weeks, and then when he comes up against the uh, the, rooster, the, the Roosters, they, they can leave him on the bench, and all of a sudden, you know, they can they can put in a guy like someone who's likely going to score just 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 as just as well as a, a, any bloke who's up against an easier, an easier team. So, I think you really need to fix the not so much your depth, but at least the po- the possibility of switching a couple of players around so you can sort of mix and match your lineup. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, you need to not have holes in your team. I think that should be, I think really that should be every team's number one aim for this run home. Like, if, if you don't have very many trades, fix your holes. You know, fix your team so you can look at it and go 1 to 17. They're all guns. I'm really happy with it. And that you've got options outside of it because the other thing too is that we're speaking about many times is having the depth. Yeah, I was just about to say, um, another thing to think of is you don't need to have too much depth. What you can probably do is try and chip and save where possible. Just use me as an, as an example. So I obviously got rid of uh, Cleary because I wanted to use those funds elsewhere, but I got Sean Johnson. But I was also shit scared of uh, Sean Johnson coming up against a difficult team or going down with injury. So I ended up getting Cody Nicarima at sort of um, 
5x. So I've got the option of either not playing one or using them as, as, as a swap so I can only have to play one if necessary. So that's just an example of not having, you know, two sevens and two sixes. I've got one, one six, one seven and a dual backwards and forwards to give me cover. And you can do the same thing in your, in your sound three quarters. So I'm sure there's plenty of other players out there, but you, you have, 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 have like a, uh, you know, use Milne as an example again. So you could have him at, at uh, center three quarter and Berva at sort of second row. And depending on however many injuries you have, you can always switch around enough between the second row and center three quarter, depending on where you stepped. Yep. Yeah, no, you really want to be able to have those options. Uh, let's go into the games, mate, because there's some really juicy ones this week. And I'm, I'm really liking some of the matchups for super coach purposes. So, the first game of the round, we've got the Titans versus the Parramatta Eels. It's on the Friday night, so we've got no Thursday night games. Straight off the bat, now that we're into the round, we need to mention that, obviously, Origin's on the Wednesday. So a lot of teams are going to have to account for the fact that people might get uh, taken out of the team late. For example, Mitchell Moses is in the Parramatta Eels side, but Arthur is in the extended squad. Uh, for the la- large part, though, not much effect in this game with the Titans and the Parramatta Eels, largely because David Fafita is going to copy suspension and then get to play fresh for the Gold Coast, which is a big deal. As far as the C and VC for the Titans-Parramatta Eels game, the options are obviously going to be the VC variety. I don't think there's a huge amount to look at for the C and VC, but complete smoky if you want to really have a stab. And this is something that I'm, I'm big on at this point of the season, Billy, and I know that some people will disagree with me on this, but if you're going to have guys that are going to be heavily owned and you're going to go for captains like a Trevojevic that are going to be 30% captain, I think it's really, really important to look at complete smoky VCs because you've got to give yourself the opportunity to get a jump on everyone else. So Mike Acevo could very well score 25 points in this game, but if he has one of his 155-point games and you own him, then you're going to be in for a treat with that loop and you're going to really get ahead of a lot of people. The Titans, I don't think, look very good. I really like your reels. So I like Micah as a VC option in this one. Um, Gutho would probably be another one, provided he doesn't come into the Origin game as an 18th man or whatever. He could carve up the Titans too. They seem the obvious ones, along with David Fafita. Yeah, um, I wouldn't really go anyone else. I don't think anyone owns Mitch Moses. And um, if they... If they... Uh, if, if they did, I don't think they'd want to put a VC on him. Um, I don't think he can go high enough. The only other, the only other thing to sort of mention here is probably the, uh, to ma- maybe what, as a pod, what I wouldn't buy him this week, but you could possibly watch Corey Thompson if he comes back healthy and starts running the same lines as, as he was at the beginning of the season, punching some scores just under the 100 range. Might possibly be sort of, not, not sort of cut price, but a, uh, a podish type player for head-to-heads, but I'm not sure I'd be doing it overall. Yeah, so let's talk about the pod players in this one as far as purchasing goes, because some people do have more trades or are going to look at a downgrade option. Uh, Corey Thompson is a bit expensive at the moment because obviously he has had that good season, but he's definitely a pod play for this one. Um, I'm not loving a lot of the rest of the pod options for this one, I have to say. I'm not too big on them. Corey Thompson, 547, 140BE. like you said, it's probably better to wait, but it is worth noting with the Titans that they do have the Dragons, the Bulldogs, and then the Cowboys for the three weeks after this Parramatta game. So if you were looking at bringing in a pod like Corey Thompson, uh, the next fortnight, you know, he could end up going really great and he's going to be like 2% owned. So I reckon he's a decent shout. But David Fafita, 
you know, you you basically have to plan on getting him next week if you're going to get him because he's going to be playing the Dragons, the Bulldogs, and the Cowboys. But your Eels, mate, they can give up some points to some forwards, can't they? They can give up some points to kids in the front row, mate, if they jump put a, put a jersey on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, the reason, just as you were typing that, I'm typing in my week of fun. Is that a name for me? Fun Awaker. Purely because I know the Eels could leak, like you said, leak points to opposing to the front rowers. He's had a bit of a decent run lately. Someone mentioned him the other day, and um, I tried grabbing him last year as, as a pod run to, towards the end, but he was a bit sort of hit and miss. Um, he's obviously had a few games named in the 14 jersey, but he's all, he's all this season, but he's always had decent minutes. So if I just take one, the games where he's played biggest sort of minutes. So his average 92 off. 64 minutes in three of his last four games uh, where he's named in the 10 or the 13 jersey. So as long as he starts and he, and he gets over sort of 50, 55 minutes, he's, he's actually a pretty decent shout. When he played over 55 minutes, which is three quarters of the season, he's averaging 74.2 off 50, 58 minutes. And the last three weeks, he's been playing mid-60, over 60 minutes. So more likely... 78, 79, 80 average. Pretty decent pod if you can get you that run. Yeah, he's been playing really good footy and he's about 570k. So he's pretty decent. Probably the only thing that makes me standoffish with him is that you do have someone like Payne Haas there for even less money. Um, so even though on paper Photowaker looks like a good pod, uh, I'd be hesitant not to scrap Haas now with the way things are looking at the Broncos as well. So Probably a decent shot, particularly the Haas... What, 1,500k cheaper and has the Tigers this week too, isn't it? Yeah, he has the Tigers at the end of the round. Um, Going to be uh, 80k less than what Fodawaker is. So I, th- I think that's probably the only thing with Fodawaker. If you already had Payne Haas in your side and you had like IPAP in your second row, then I think that's the point where if you needed another front row, and some people will, Mo Fodawaker this week could actually be a good buy. The only thing will be is that he's backing up from origin duty. Uh, mate, having a look at the, the play and sit... How do you feel just now that we're on this first game? And obviously, not many people own Moses, but you know, Clint Gutherson could get called in as 18th man and play 20 minutes or something um, for the New South Wales team if they get the HIA and, and everything goes wrong. How do you feel about those guys backing up? Like, are you someone that is fine to put up the guys backing up into your side and you don't really care about it? Would you prefer to put a fresh guy in and start them instead of a Clint Gutherson because they're backed up? Haven't really seen those guys get their jerseys dirty that often. Um, <laughs> I can't. No, look, I, I can't see it being too much of an issue with those guys backing up. Um, if they did, the only other thing I will add is that if for some reason Mitch Moses uh, um, plays a big game and does get rested, um, Gutho might get a goal kicking that may may bring him into VC option. Yeah, that's a really good point, and, and he will get the goal kicking. And I think that they could score a lot of points against. The Gold Coast, even though it is getting played on the Gold Coast, uh, Parramatta should be able to put points on them. So that's a really good point with Gutherson. There would maybe be a pod VC, but um, and look, given that um, Turbo plays early this week and would be the the most likely VC given these scores for over a hundred in almost every game this season, and Cody Walker's versus the Bulldogs, it'd be really hard pressed not to go the uh, the uh, the Turbo Walker route. Yeah, that's true. Look. Top sport bet of the week on this one. Parramatta Eels are a dollar fifty. Yeah, that's that's not great odds, but oh, I'm 
I'm pretty sure they're going to win, and I thought that they'd be worse odds than that. Um, Mike Acevo, anytime try. I really like him to score a try this week as well. So those are the two that I'd be I'd be getting all over. And for Sevo, you, you can get him at a dollar eighty-three. So that's pretty decent against the Gold Coast Titans. Really like those ones. Let's move on to the next game, Billy. The next one that we've got is the uh, Seagulls versus Dragons. Now, this one is going to be really interesting because obviously Tom Trevojevic is backing up and he's been named. This happened last time and people were really, really adamant that he was going to play. Uh, it was a big game for the Manly Seagulls at the time. Uh, they all spoke about playing and then obviously Turbo got pulled out. Now, I can't see him playing this one either, but how do you feel about it? Because me and you disagreed on it last time. I think he'll play, purely because even if he does play out of his skin with Manly, um, I think coming off that last game, they want to win. And like, I, don't, I don't want to downplay um, uh, the amount of effort that the backline players put put into a game because it's, it's, it's origin. But it's not like he's a forward. It's not like he's... It's not like he's doing a massive amount of, amount of work. Um, he will be heavily involved in his origin, I think. But it's it's a center, it's a center, it's an outside back. It's not it's not like a heavy heavy load position. I don't want to down downplay the amount of work he's going to do, but I think I really think Manly probably want want to put him in for a win. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's two ways to think about it. Uh, Manly have obviously got four players out, plus they've they've sacked Warren. So their side doesn't look that great. They've got Sloan at fullback and a lot of young kids that are going to be playing. So the other thought process could be that you could rest Turbo and Manly should still be able to get the win. But if they do play him, Turbo went 144 points last game against the Bulldogs. I think almost everybody that owned him captained him. You could see it coming. He's now at 129 average and... We have to just mention his numbers every time we talk about him at this point. Seven out of his nine games, he's turned up, which is just absolutely insane. You can't, you have to put a VC or C on in this game under Strength Dragons. I'm leaning towards a VC just to sort of take a bit of the worry off it, but surely it's, it's, it's a VC C turbo in this. Yeah, look, the reason why I think he plays is they're, they're six on the ladder. Um, Dragons are seventh, so if they're playing the Dragons, if the Dragons win then that puts them equal 20 points in, in seventh position with the Sharks and the Knights um, only one game behind them. Um, if I was a coach, I'd obviously want to rest, rest my, my star player, but at the same time, I need my star player to guarantee a win. So do you, do you risk him versus the Dragons or do you back the guys to, to get the job without him? Yeah, I mean, the good thing is that it's the second game, so you're going to know. Um, the more important thing is going to be on the play or sit and that's with guys like Garrick and Saab. So I cannot believe Saab was the most the most traded in player last week. That blew my mind. I tried to talk a few people out of it. Hopefully I did. But he scored 12 points. And, you know, the reality is that, yes, Turbo does make him better. Um, the reality is that, you know, Garrick ended up scoring a solid 53. And, you know, it's, he has played better as well when Turbo's been there. So playing against a bad dragon side, I would assume that if you owned those guys, you'd probably start both of them if Turbo was playing. I would certainly bench both of them if Turbo wasn't. If Turbo's playing, 100% playing Garrick. Um, I was on the, you know, buy, 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 even when he was sort of several hundred K on, on the way Turbo's been playing. Um, and if Turbo was sitting, um, I think they looked horrid last week. 
Um, and Garrick still scored, what, 50, 55 points, whatever you call it. He also he was also open once left-hand side where dummy pass, he would have gone. He would have, I think he would have been the first try scorer. So he would have been on 85. But, so look, they looked absolutely horrid last week and he still only scored, and he still scored 55 at full, fullback there, basically doing nothing. So regardless of whether Turbo plays or not, I would 100% be playing Garrick, uh, Saab. Um, so Saab has an average of about, um, I think it's now down to 16 points a game. Games that he plays without Turbo. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> for that. Re- Not to sort of push your answer there, but there's a lot of people that bought sub last week that were quite confident in him despite no Turbo. I, so. I, I, I wasn't one of them, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, if you owned him and and Tommy's playing, possibly give him a chance this week, but that would only be if you had to choose between him and a, and a forward like uh, Barnett. So Barnett's going from edge back to lock, so he's going to go back to what 50 minutes and probably 45 points. So. If it came down to choosing between uh, Saab getting over the line and playing Barnett, I'd 100% be choosing Saab. But if you had to choose between you know, Saab and an 80-minute sort of edgy like sort of CHN or something like that for your last or one of those sort of backup halves, I'd 100% be going, going with the other option. Yeah, I, I just I would be very wary of even starting Saab this week with Turbo. Depends on your other options. There is absolutely no way that you can start him if Turbo is out. Saab, I thought, was going to have a revenge game in round three against the Dragons. He scored 20 points on him. Yes, it was without Turbo, but that's basically what I think you can expect again. Uh, moving along, I don't think there's a huge amount of Dragons optimism here. Um, certainly not any pod purchases that I can see. Did you have any pods in this one that you wanted to talk about throwing in there? I think everyone playing for the Dragons is a pod this week, isn't it? <laughs> Would you buy any of them, though? (laughs) I don't think so, mate. Having a look at the top sport bet of the week, the Dragons are paying six bucks to win this one. Um, That's going to be interesting, because if Turbo pulls out, uh, and DC and Turbo both pull out, then the Dragons actually don't look too bad at plus 18.5 points. I actually don't really like the betting on this one. You could chuck 10 bucks on now if you're a Dragons fan and hope hope for a slab. If it doesn't work out, then, uh, well, maybe hope they're up. They score a try in the first 10 minutes and get your money back. <laughs> Look, I, I, like, if you think the Turbo is going to sit out, I would take the $1.90 of Dragons plus 18 and a half, uh, because it's, you know, it's played at a neutral ground as well. It's not like it's a lot of land. Uh, so if, if you think that, I, I would take a stab because that's pretty generous. The next game is the Raiders versus Sharks. And these are two pretty underperforming teams, Billy. Uh, I'm not enjoying the small parts of the Raiders and Sharks that I do have. As we mentioned last week, uh, as we mentioned about last week, I should say, Sean Johnson wasn't kicking, which is terrible. One of my other buys that I almost did, but I didn't, and I'm really glad I didn't, was Katoa. So I lived vicariously through Wilford on Katoa because he brought him in, and I thought that he was going to score a try against the Warriors. He ended up scoring 15 points, uh, which is not good. And he's now at 419,000, so very, very cheap. Uh, aside from that, this Sharky side really isn't offering too much, mate, when we're looking at them. I don't think there's any C or VC options, even as Smokies, if SJ doesn't have the kicking, and the, the Raiders really have nothing there. So let's just go straight to some pod purchases that you could look at for this. I am uh, going to look silly back in Katoa again, but he's got the Raiders and the Bulldogs the next two weeks. And I'm going to say him as a, as a pod because he's he's actually 0% ownership, I think, at the moment because not enough people have bought him to be 1%. And he's 419,000. 
I'm going to very carefully say that you get someone like this as a pod because he's a centre winger that can be your fifth, sixth centre wing that you can rotate through and possibly even downgrade from someone else to actually get the money to, to do another um, David Fafita move or something like that. So I think under the right circumstances, you're going to have to do one downgrade maybe with your trades that you've got remaining. Sione Katoa could be a bit of a pod. He, he could go well this week and next especially. Yeah, I agree there. Um, if he went back sort of uh, um, 48 hours, or I, I probably would have said, look, I, I really think the um, Ramin would have, been, would have been to go there with probably a riskier purchase with one of those blokes on the edge. Um, or no doubt now that you mentioned that trade, now I know why Wolfred's off Facebook for a while. I think he's uh, <laughs> in, in hibernation for a little bit, the poor bloke. On the, on the Raiders side of things, uh, a pod that we've chatted about once or twice this season and was an option for the buy was Jordan Rapana because he's around that 400k mark. And it's very much a, you know, if you wanted one of these guys, it's sort of guys around 400k if you're centre wing to downgrade and have a run home guy. Rapana and Katoa are very similar in, in what they might be able to provide for you. Um, but Rapana's gone pretty solid the last couple of weeks without any tries. One thing that I will say about Rapana is that he hasn't actually scored a try for six games. So I reckon that he's probably going to be due this week against the Sharkies, but that's probably not going to be enough to get him. Uh, how are we Naira? I want to throw at you, mate, and I'm interested in your thoughts. So when you're talking about sitting and starting, I really like Corey Harawira Naira. Uh, I was pretty excited to get him in the side. And even when he scored tries for me from a month ago onwards, he's been really underwhelming. Uh, where do you sit as far as sacrificing him and keeping another second row forward to be able to get like a David Fafita or Angus Crichton in um, versus the run home just holding him? And what about this week? Like the Sharks aren't great defensively at times, but... How and Ira just doesn't seem to be getting involved enough. Would you sit and play him, or, or where do you stand with THN? I'm not happy on his output lately. I am happy that he doesn't seem to look involved as much, and then you look at the score and realise, oh, he's on, you know, sort of 32 points at half time. How the hell did he get there yeah. doing nothing? Yep. And and then and then he doesn't do much in the sort of second half, and then all of a sudden you, you see him running these crazy lines, and you tackle bus, tackle bus, tackle bus, and just like he just looks dangerous on that right hand side, like. Not for feeder like, but Satili Tupanua, where you know does nothing. All of a sudden, he's the one bloke that just just busts through and almost gets through that line for thirty points. But the frustrating thing is, like he's got a, he's got a couple of good games coming up, and he can be on some decent points at halftime, but then just just nothing. Like he, or he score or he scores a try, and all of a sudden he ends on 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 sort of fifty five or sixty, as opposed to being like eighty ninety where you expect him. So. Look, if I owned him, I'd be holding him and playing for a couple of weeks and hope, hopefully he comes back to what he should be because he has been playing the 80 minutes. But if you need to sacrifice someone to get in Dave for Fafita, I'd 100% just be necking him and going for Fafita because he could quite conceivably just double CHN's points in one, one and a half weeks. Yeah, CHN's averaging 62 for the year. Um, and But the last sort of three weeks, he's been pretty consistent with that. Uh, but last round, he ended up throwing up 44 against Manly. Uh, you could forgive him for that. The problem is that, like you said, Billy, when he scored the tries, he's still only gone 71, 56, and 79 points. He hasn't actually gone past 80 points in his 10 games, aside from one game where he scored 90. So chances are he's going to be 70s or worse 90% of the time. And that's one of the reasons why I'm considering um, selling him. Like, I've got Jason Tomalolo in my second row. 
um, who was sort of a buy-round player, and hopefully he was going to come back well, and it hasn't worked out. I'm now considering holding Tom Malolo instead of selling him and, and getting rid of CHN instead, because CHN just isn't showing me the ceiling that I thought that he had. Uh, and he's now got an 85 BE and he's 520K. Like you mentioned, you know, decent game against the Sharks. Then he's got Para. Then he's got a couple of good games with Newcastle and Saints. But then he's got a terrible last month of footy. The, if you own any Raiders, this last month would scare you. It's Melbourne, Manly, Warriors and Roosters. Warriors isn't that bad. Um, but the other three games um, are potential top six t- sides at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, like, the last time he played the Roosters, they're the ones that he scored 90 against. And 69 versus Melbourne, like, he's 65 versus Souths. Like, he's actually scoring better against the bigger teams. It's, so he scored 45 versus North Queensland, 43 versus Newcastle, 56 versus the Broncos, and 44 versus Manly. So it seems like he's, he's, he's um, his, his, his worst. His worth of scores. <laughs> seems like his, seems like his, his lowest scores are versus the bottom, the bottom, what's the, the middle, middle of the rung teams, and his, his biggest scores are against the high, the, the high ranked teams. So I wouldn't read too much into the draw. I'll tell you what, he, he's got some 71, 69, 90, 56, 79, 61, and then the 44. So although the, um, the 44 is disappointing, he's been playing 80 minutes. He's been getting, even though he falls over the line, he's still getting them. So. I'd give it a couple of weeks and take take the scores the next one or two weeks. If it means sacking him for a for feeder, I wouldn't I wouldn't begrudge anyone. Yeah, and look, I, I I came up with the idea of maybe selling him purely because I looked at it and went, you know what, I might sit him next week against the Sharks, and that sort of brought it into my head that you know because I think the teams could genuinely sit him this week if you needed to sit him. Um, let's talk about the top sport better the week for this one because I don't think we've got any B or C stuff in this in this particular game. Top sport better the week. Uh, Canberra are $2.30 outsiders, and I reckon that they're a decent shot at making this one competitive because I thought the Sharks were terrible last week. I did not think they were very good at all. Um, it's mainly in the second half. You get plus 7.5 for the Raiders, and it comes down to $1.72, which I think is really good value for the Canberra Raiders. So that's going to be my one for this one. Billy, I want to move straight on to the next game to cycle through these ones, but Cowboys-Roosters... I was expecting more from my Roosters last week. I didn't quite get it. I'm sure a lot of other people like Wilfred, who had nine Roosters or something in their side, were expecting more as well. But, look, this is a Cowboys matchup. It does look pretty good for them. As far as VC and Cs go, uh, if James Tedesco plays, and this one is a Saturday, so he does have a bit more of a turnaround, and he did play the last time that they played on a Saturday after Origin, he could be up for a decent game because in round 10 against the North Queensland Cowboys, he scored 131 points. That was his second best score of the year. Uh, so I'm I'm very much considering the VC or C option, and I think that Teddy's going to come home with a pretty good run here. So I, I really like him as a pick for this game. I couldn't I couldn't rely on him for a, a VC. I, it just doesn't feel like a waste, but it just feels like more of a risk than the other blokes. So... I, I'm not interested in getting Teddy back in my team at all for the rest of the season, purely because of the halves. Um, I think he'll go well this week, but I just don't think he'll go big enough to to, to wind a BC. But in saying that, I hope he does well because I really want uh, Walker and Kivale for big ones this week. If I didn't have Turbo in my side, because Turbo will obviously stop a VC or C from happening, um, I would, uh, I'd see Teddy against the Cowboys because I think it's a real pod C 
and um, I, I'm banking him to go pretty well. I think the Cowboys are struggling pretty hard. Uh, as far as other purchases and pods in this one, uh, Daniel Tupo disappointed a lot of people last week, but I'll say that I bought him and was really disappointed in watching the game because I thought he was going to be on 30. Somehow in that game, he still, he still ended up on 50 points. So I can't be that disappointed in him. I thought he was one of the best center wing buys last week. But 50 actually isn't that bad considering he didn't get any attacking stats. I had 34 raw base plus his tackle breaks and offloads. Yeah, they didn't go that way at all. That, those points you were talking about, and you would recognize this more than me because you watch it closer, but they, those were basically all kick returns. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, you know, he just, he was just racking up the, the work. Um, but, in round 10, again, if we go back to that game, he's another one who scored great. He scored a double against the Cowboys, and he scored 101 points, which is his second-best score of the year, same as Teddy, second-best score of the year against the Cowboys in round 10. I dare say the Cowboys are just as bad now as what they were. So I, 440K, we are talking about cheap center-wing purchases for the run home. If you didn't get him in last week, uh, I, I still really like Daniel Tupo as a purchase, uh, and... Obviously, a lot of people are going to be off him that own him, but I'd certainly be playing him this week in your centre wing against the Cowboys, and I'd be backing him in for a try. No, I wouldn't be missing him. If he didn't score last week, he'd have a crack at him this week, particularly with um, with our Teddy back there. Well, uh, another pod that I'll throw out for the Roosters is a guy that I actually bought in last week, and I did it right at the buzzer, right before lockout. Uh, I was kind of deciding between Katoa or Satili Tupanua, and I went to Tealy Tupanua because I looked at my second round and went, you know what, I'd, I'd probably rather a bit more depth there um, and I could get rid of Bloor and get Satili straight in because I had a bulk bank there. Uh, and he scored 80 points. I had a really good feeling about him getting a try and he got his try. He also got a separate line break. I thought he looked really dangerous and he also had 47 in raw base. So 80 points score and he's playing against the Cowboys edge this week, which I really liked. As a option, if teams don't have a second rower, um, he's he's a real special this week. Uh, and I think that you can run with him for the run home now at 470-odd K. Uh, that's a bit of a cheap option. I'm, I'm backing him in for a try line break this week as well. Did Wilfred have him last week or just the other 12 blokes? Just all the other starters, mate. <laughs> didn't have six <laughs> <laughs> Poor uh, Yeah, look, look Satili's numbers are 58 for the year so far on average, but that includes a lot of games where he hasn't played the minutes. In his 80-minute games, he has been a, a 61, 62-point player. And he scored a fair few tries this year, which should still keep coming. Uh, but sitting guys is really hard when they can score big. So this is a big one. Cowboys game is a really good matchup, I think, for the Roosters. I think you'll both, we'll both agree on that one. But Sam Walker scored 65 against the Bulldogs on the weekend, but he's become a little bit of a hard reserve because he's most people's or just about everyone's second half back. So you're going to have to take up one of your reserve spots with him. And he's going to get sat a lot for this run home. Is this a week where you sit Sam Walker, Billy, or do you think that he goes well against the Cowboys? Um, look, I think the Doggies game last week probably gave him a little bit more confidence. Uh, his kicking, he didn't look brilliant, but he did, did enough to sort of get the job done. He, he, a couple of nice balls over the top or out the back. I think he had a forward pass as well, didn't he? So he might, might have, might have, so he might have had one or two called back. Yeah, I'd be playing him pretty much over not all my, my reserves, but pretty much most of your reserves this week. But beyond that, the, I'd probably be pulling him back and trying to avoid a potential 15, which is likely against you know the top three or four teams. Yeah, he's he scored like 21 against Melbourne last time, for instance, and you know it's. It's going to be some tough games for him coming up, but this week against the Cowboys, if you 
if you were playing guys like Tupo and Tedesco and like Satili Tupanua because you think they're going to get some points, then Sam Walker's going to be the goal kicker for that. So between a try assist, which you'll almost guarantee get one of, and, and some um, forced dropouts maybe, plus his goal kicking, he's probably going to be a 60-plus play. So if you think the Roosters are going to do well, I think that you play Sam Walker. And he's obviously got the ceiling to do a lot bigger than that. So I like to play him this week. But it is a question that's going to come up for sure. Um, on the other side of things, on the Cowboys side, they don't really have a lot to, to crow about. I certainly wouldn't be getting any of them in as pods because I think that these guys uh, are not looking very good as a team. But we have seen a bit of a resurgence for Jason Tomalolo suddenly. Um, so I mentioned, Billy, that you know, 87 points on the weekend. He got a really good line break as well. Um, and I thought that he looked a lot better. And I thought that he was um, playing a lot better than what he had the couple of weeks beforehand. So 87, 60 and 54 in his last three games for his 67 point average. Not suggesting anyone buys him. 485k though is very cheap. But if you own him, uh, I would I would actually play him this week. I think he's on a bit of a run. Uh, and I actually think that he might have a, a better final third of the season. So I'm looking at playing him and holding him and selling someone else now like a CHN. Yeah, the uh, the play, playbook guys put a question up last week saying, is Tom Lolo the, uh, the forgotten guy for the by 17 and the run home? Um, my response to that was no. I think when I had a look at it, pretty sure you had the top three teams coming up in the next three weeks. And you've obviously had that uncertainty with the minutes. Um, just ha- hasn't been producing the same output. Yeah, he scored a try. Uh, sorry, a line break last week. Well, he's actually got he's got a he's got a bad two games, but I will say it's only the two games. So he's got the Roosters and then the Storm. But I will even say in his defence, like even being a Roosters fan, we're not going that great at the moment. You're still the still the Roosters, but mate, and surely they would have given him the try assist for that as well. He broke the line and put the bloke in. Bloke in yeah, the gap. yeah, for sure. So he, that would have been twelve. So twenty twenty two point twenty two point play. So. You take that. You, you take that away, and he's, he's still he's still only what sixty five. Sixty, yeah, decent. Sixty five is a decent score, but 60, 65 in a you know performance like that, I'd, I'd, I want more. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to be really like one of the reasons that I was looking at selling him was because he's been underwhelming, but I think the last couple of weeks he's given me confidence to to play him this week, and also to hold him because after that Melbourne game. He's got a run of the Broncos, the Titans, the Tigers, the Eels, the Dragons, and then Manly, and that's his final game. So it's a pretty decent one for Tom Lolo to have a bit of a push and put a bit of a stamp on the season to say it's not a real poor one for him. So I'm, I'm going to sacrifice CHN um, when I trade out, and I'm going to hold and play Jason Tom Lolo this week. But uh, on the top sport markets, really surprised that you can get the Roosters at $1.38. Some of that might be because maybe Teddy won't play. But if you think Teddy's playing, minus 8.5 points at $1.90, all over that one. I reckon that's a great bet for this one. Uh, the Storm and the Knights is the next one. And this one, the Storm, you would think on paper, are going to be huge, huge favourites, and they are. But the Newcastle Knights have got Pierce back, and they've also got Ponga. So they're not as not as easy a match-up as they were a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I don't know. I, I sort of think that this one could be a bit of a a bit of an arm wrestle if if the Knights turn up. But the big news for the Storm side is that there is no Pappenhausen, Billy, and Nico Hines is at one. So that's obviously a big hold for Nico Hines owners. I wouldn't be trading him if you've got him at this point. In saying that, um, Pappenhausen, that's a guy that some teams are, are waiting to get in. Are you just looking at this side just going, look, I'm just going to bite the bullet and not worry about getting a, a, a Pappenhausen in because I'm going to have to wait too long? Or do you just keep waiting for him? 
If you held him this long, I wouldn't be selling. You'd absolutely neck yourself if you came back next week. Oh, no, I meant buying, sorry. Oh, buying. So, like, you know, would you... Because, obviously, teams are saving a trade at the moment, thinking that they're going to get Pappenhausen in. But with him not named this week, I'd almost buy the bullet and just say, I'm going to get in one of the other fullbacks and run with them because he might be a couple of weeks away. If you, look, if you waited this long, like, I'd, I'd be waiting for Pappy. I think I think his value is immense. Surely he doesn't come back and come off the bench. Like, surely. No, well, I mean, there was talk of that, actually. But whether that happens or not, I'm not sure. Um, But it is really big for Nico Hines' owners. um, And I think that he's a definite play, that's for sure. But as far as the captaincy and vice-captaincy options in this one, um, I don't think you can go through near any nights, even guys like Ponga that have got that high ceiling. But, you know, the Storm... At Amy Park, they get to play in Melbourne, and the Knights are going to have to travel down. Do you think that someone like Nico Hines could explode against them, showing his his form to get like the big tons of the past? Oh, 100 percent. I think people, anyone that doesn't own Turbo that owns Hines would surely be seeing um, um, Hines this week and, and uh, as a pod and slapping the sea on um, on Cody. Um, uh, actually, you might. He might even be the uh, the pod C, C option because he's available as soon as recorded too, isn't he? Yeah, so I think a lot of people have sold Hines, me included, because they need the cash. Um, so he's got to be a 105, which is a reasonably easy hold because he's probably guaranteed a 70-plus. Uh, I, I I think that you could definitely pod C him this week against the Knights playing at Amy Park. Yeah, that's a difficult thing too, though. I've been burnt so many times in the past doing this, so... As an example, the turbo, turbo Walker is the obvious or most likely VCC option. Everyone's going to be, lots of people are going to be doing it. If you've got, um, um, if you've got, um, Holmes there and you end up slapping the C on him and it, and it does, it, it doesn't work and all of a sudden Walker goes 150, then you, you're basically disadvantaging yourself. So you, it's, it's probably one of those situations where you may as well, it, just, if you've got significant depth and still got Hines, you may as well just go, go with everyone else with the VCC option. And if he fires, there's an extra sort of 40, 50, 60 points there. If, if he, if, if he doesn't, then he, he scores you what, 70, 80 and, and, and does the job anyway. So he might be one of those players, probably best not to try and get too clever because, because if it backfires on you, then you're coming right back to the pack when you've got depth. Yeah. I mean, look, he's guaranteed for a good game. I mean, in round seven, when he took over the starting job from Pappenhausen, when Pappenhausen went down, he hasn't scored below a 69. And, you know, most of those have been a 80-plus. So you're guaranteed a decent C score if you wanted to take a a punt. And especially with some head-to-head matchups this week, Billy, like we're only a few weeks off from the, the finals matchups being decided for the run home in head-to-head competitions. Um, some people are going to need to win this week. That's the type of play that you can look at your matchup and go, I'm going to need a big boost. I'm going to have to have a Hail Mary. And I think the Hines is a good Hail Mary. Yeah. Look, I, I think a turbo scratched 100% helping my VC. It, I haven't looked at the weather forecast, but given that every, every man and his dog is playing up here in Queensland, if for some reason there's rain up here and it's a dry track in Melbourne, I think that would be a no-brainer too. Yeah. And on the sitting side of things, I don't think that I could play anyone in this Knights pack that you've got hanging around. Uh, there's obviously a lot of teams that still have uh, Watson in their side. There's some that have Barnett. He's now been moved to 13 from the edge, which sort of kills him a little bit as well. If you've got any of those guys, you've absolutely got to be sitting them. 
Uh, and likewise, there's some really good players in this Melbourne side that could take advantage aside from, from Hines. I'm certainly playing a Jerome Hughes, who some people might have been thinking about uh, possibly sitting if they've got another big half eight that they've got that they're playing. But yeah, I, I couldn't play any of the Knights. Uh, and likewise on top sport, I could not go past betting a double on the Storm to win and also for Adokar to score a try, which you're only going to get about $1.67 out of at the moment. It's probably going to keep dropping, but I reckon that's decent. <laughs> Warriors-Panthers Sunday. Um, this one's a pretty big game because obviously we've got a lot of coaches that had Tohu Harris for the bye and held him, didn't know what to do with him. He's actually on the extended bench, so that's, that's going to be good news for them. Uh, because you can hold him now and maybe he'll even play. But looking at the VCC options in this one, I actually don't think there is any. And that's really tough when you're looking at a sort of a Panthers-Warriors game because I think that Cleary would have been the obvious one, but obviously he's out now. Uh, Brian Toto is backing up, and I don't think that you can throw a C on him convincingly in this one playing at Brisbane. There certainly is some big pod options in this Panthers side that could end up firing at the moment and could go well against this Warriors side. I don't know if I'd be buying any of them for this week, but I tell you what, on the sitting and playing side, I have big bad Billy Kickout, mate. I really don't like having him in my side. It, it did backfire a little bit on the few weeks I was hoping to play him for. But this is a this is a week where he might actually go pretty decent. So I'm, a, I'm considering playing him this week and rolling him out. I don't know, mate. <laughs> He, um, has he been getting 60 minutes or 55 or has he had, had, a, had a, a couple of 80 minute cameos he's only, he's only been getting short stints though yeah his stints haven't been great um, but lately they've been a lot better because of the origin backups and stuff so I assume because of the origin backups again with Capewell um, they're short yeah they're still short stints but I, I couldn't do it either, unless he's playing 80 and probably had someone like Lua on, on the left with him because um Matt Burton is just a pure kicker. He's not going to get any of those short balls, mate. So I I would probably want to wait until he's got some decent halves in there. I I wouldn't risk it personally. I'm, I am interested on the Panthers side if you if you'd play Burton though. Like if you got Burton as one of your reserve halves, are you rolling him out for this one? I was that confident in him this week that I sold him last week. <laughs> Well, there you go. He, he's guaranteed to go well. well he, he's an interesting one, Burton, because he's uh, he went 18 points against Parramatta, which was dismal. But before that, he had 76, 108, 65. Uh, he's been, he was going okay, even though he wasn't looking great. But a lot of it was based on tries. Um, when he hasn't scored a try the last two weeks, when he's playing in the halves, he's gone 18 and 76. And he does have Tyrone May in that other half spot. So I don't think that's great for him. I BE of 117 and 578,000, I would be looking at selling Matt Burton this week. I think that's a good play that you made last week. And I'd half sell him because I also wouldn't want to play him this week. But I need to say, before he hits a storm in round 20, he does have the Broncos in round 19. So I guess there is an argument to hold him this week, even if you're not going to play him, because he could throw up a, a million against the Broncos in round 19. Yeah, it depends who you're selling for. See, I sold him for Nick Arima, so I can't really brag too much at the moment. I've got a seven-point head start <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> but mind you, I'm, uh, I'm benching Nick Arima this week too, so I really didn't want to play either of them. Actually, I did until I found out he wasn't kicking, little bastard. <laughs> 
No, look, mate, if, if you own Burton, um, you can probably give it a risk, given he's in one, one of the better teams in the comp and it's the Warriors they're up against, dry track. But the thing that scares me about him is that he's, he's like Adam Reynolds, but he's just all, all kick and bomb. There's no short ball, there's no poor passing game. It's it's the... Um, he's going to have to do do what the Raiders did last week and sort of uh, with a little halfback show and, uh, show and go, just... Little dummy stretch through the gap and just use his size to get over. I much prefer him in the centre position, using his size like uh, you know, Campbell Graham to get over the line, as opposed to trying to do something constructive with the ball bank because they just don't see it from him. Yeah, that's a fair call. Nicarima owners are going to be looking at this panicking. Uh, what are you? What are you going to do? Because uh, look, I would assume if I owned Nicarima, I would be holding him and I would bench him this week and not play him and just roll him out in a future weeks. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Um, I'm just going to bench him this week and not play him. I'm going to play um, Walker over him instead. Yeah, if you don't have a lot of trades, you just need to bite the bullet and hold Nikarima. He scored seven against the Sharks last week. He's going to need to be benched against Penrith this week. But he, he had like seven games in a row of 50-plus before having one game below 50. So Yeah, not just that. His numbers were, I think he was averaging 78.4, I think, against all, all teams this year minus the two Storm games and one Roosters game. So if you just take out those, those two games, it, but I think the last game he didn't have he didn't have the kicking and then all of a sudden um, coming back from injury for some reason, or not for some reason, because of injury. Or maybe that maybe it's just that the other blokes have been a sharpshooter, I don't know. But all of a sudden he's lost goal kicking coming back from injury in the bye round against a soft team and uh, also had absolutely abysmal attack. So double whammy there, but... Surely more of average as he bounces back, bounces back somewhat. Well, round 20 to 25, they've got one of the best draws in the league. So I think you just bite the bullet yeah. the next two weeks and you just bench him, and then you can play him after that. And Walsh, I'm going to put in the same category. I know he's really talented, and I know that he still scored a 65 on the weekend in a beaten side, but against the Panthers, I would be benching him as well. And it's a really interesting conundrum too, because if you had Walsh from a while back as a bit of a pod, He's got a really good run coming up, but you will be benching him the next two weeks. And guys like Teddy and, and Turbo, if they play, are going to be premium options along with some other ones. So do you agree that you bench Reese Walsh, even though he's averaging 69 points a game, playing against his Penrith side? Or would you would you play him? And where do you stand on selling him? Are you just going to hold him for the run home and, and bypass the other fullbacks? I wouldn't hold him for the run home, unless for some reason he keeps the goal kick and you can play him those last, those last three games. That's particularly if you're short on, short, short on trades. But if you've got trades, I would 100% be sort of playing this week and then, um, yeah, burning for Pappy. Yeah, he's had the goal kicking the last couple of weeks, so it'll be interesting to see whether Nicarima actually takes it back or not. Let's look at top sport bit of the week for this one. Penrith Panthers are $1.35. New Zealand Warriors are $3.30. That's a really tough one. Um, but I'm going to take the minus nine and a half line for the Panthers at $1.90. I think they're going to have a, a bit of a bounce-back performance because they've been a bit shaky uh, without their halves, but I think that this one, oh, I didn't like what I saw from the Warriors last week, and I reckon that the Panthers will get there by 10+. plus. Uh, Broncos-Tigers is the second-last game of the round. This one is pretty evenly matched on paper with the betting agencies, with Top Sport having the Broncos as $1.70 favourites and $2.20 outsiders for the Tigers, but... There's, there's some really interesting plays here, Billy. Um, I mean, first off, let's start with the captaincy and vice-captaincies and just say, I don't think you're going to captain anyone in this, so let's just get that out of the way straight away. But as far as the pod purchases and purchases for this week, for this game, Payne Haas 
has looked really good as a purchase because obviously he's now the last two weeks gotten 64 minutes a game, which is his um, highest since round five. Conversely, he scored 90 and 57 points those two weeks, and he's only 492,000. The Tigers can be a bit soft. It's a decent game for him at Suncorp Stadium, and then he's got a good run from round 20 onwards. So he's a really good buy at front row forward at the moment for his price, and he's a little bit of a forgotten man, I feel like. Uh, he's certainly not heavily owned like he used to be. So still averaging 64 points a game for the season. Um, he could very well average a 75-plus for that final third run home, I reckon. So oh, I really like him for this one against the Tigers, especially if you've got a Taukiaho, uh that's out that you need to trade because you don't have a front row forward to play. I'd be getting Payne Haas in for this matchup. Well, he's jumped out to 64 minutes, which is an increase of 10 minutes on his previous sort of couple of weeks. So... Surely he's not going to go back to the 50-odd minutes, given that sort of TPJ has been out as well as Lodge out. Um, So surely you'd like to think he's got the 64 minutes again. He's not going to... I think, was it LB try he had in there or just a try? Nah, he had a a, a LBA try assist. Ah, right. So there you go. So 70 points off sort of 64 minutes for base, which is pretty standard. He was averaging 65... 0.6 0.6 off 62 minutes for the first sort of third of the season before he basically just turned to mush where sort of three three middle games um, in uh, the, mid, the middle by run he went down to sort of 51 54 minutes and then all of a sudden he's got that resurgence so last couple of weeks 64 minutes you'd have to at least back him for a, that 65 average again so at that sort of price range I don't see any reason why you wouldn't want to get him back in particularly with logic on now yeah, with, with TPJ suspended and even still possibly going to get released to go somewhere else, that still can happen. And Lodge and Carrigan, both out of that middle rotation now. Uh, I I can't see them not leaning on him for the run home. Um, so I really like him. And I think that it's one of those really good purchases where he's a guy that could be 40% owned in other years, but he hasn't gone as well this year, so he's nowhere near that. Uh, you're going to probably see him on the run home at under 20% ownership maybe. And then... He's a guy that people won't be able to afford to get in. Like, a lot of people are going to sort of have that sort of four or five trades, and they're not going to be able to get a pain Haas in. It's going to be a bit of a luxury trade. So if you can do that this week against the Tigers, you could probably get 75 out of him at front row forward, which is gold, and have a have a genuine gun, one of the best forwards that you can have for the run home if he fires. And with the minutes, uh, I reckon that'll start this week again. So I really like him from the Bronx side of things. From the Tigers side of things, I, I just I can't get away from this guy, Billy. I just can't get away from Adam Dewey. He, I ended up selling him to SJ, which I regret massively now because Dewey has been named back at six, which absolutely kills me because he is a gun at six. And he's now playing the Brisbane Broncos this week. So if you ever wanted a pod trading option, again, um, you know, I mentioned him sort of round eight that I loved it. And he went, went on a tear and then got moved to center. He's now back at six playing the Brisbane Broncos, goal kicking. At 517,000. So if you were someone that got Nicarima in and you were really disappointed and you got like 10 trades, 100% I'd burn one and go out and do it because he's going to be a super pod and his run has the Broncos this week, Manly, Warriors, Bulldogs, Cowboys, Sharks, Panthers, Bulldogs again. Like the Tigers run is gold for someone like Dewey if he sticks at six. Is that the last game of the season, the Bulldogs one? Sure is. Yeah, I might save that trade for that. <laughs> for then, if he's still playing six, you'd, you'd hate to buy him for that sort of run that only find out that he goes back to the centre and just 
you'd, I wouldn't say you'd neck yourself. You'd never do that. But I'll tell you what, you wouldn't be happy, would you? But he's still been all right at centre. Like, he only had the one game where he went off early where he scored real bad. You know, the other games are sort of, you know, he scores, still went 114 at centre and 83 at centre and 97 at centre. So three out of his five games there, aside from his injury game, were really good. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I'm, I've only got four trades left at the moment. And I'm, I'm actually considering getting him back because the run is so good and I'm that worried about the Broncos this week as a really good pod that's definitely going to remain under 10% for the run home. So I, he's my pod pick for, for this game, for sure. Yeah, looking at those six numbers, there was pretty much only two games that he was ordinary. One was the Roosters and one was, uh, one was, one was Manly. Every other game, it's... 90, 84, 94, 61, 83, 141, 114. And for, oh, it's that difficult position, but the 5'8 slash fullback. So I wouldn't be slotting him in the fullback, but if you. I mean, if you got, if you got Nick Arima at six and you, and you got the trades, I think that's a pretty obvious punt, but there's some people that only have Cody Walker there that were maybe looking at getting a Munster in. I'd get Dewey. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Goal, goal kicking with that sort of draw and that those sort of scores. Yeah, I think so, mate. Apart from that, there isn't really any other pods or guys that you could consider this week to get in. I am gonna, I am just gonna mention No Faluma, only because much like you know I said with Katoa, um, he's very cheap. So if you needed a guy to downgrade to that's going to get you some bank and someone that you can plug and play on the run home, uh, he's obviously playing the Broncos too. Nofo is down to. Uh, 380,000, which he hasn't been going well. Okay, that's we know that. But for 380,000, if you need to get a downgrade and you needed some centre depth, um, that's somebody with that draw. He could easily average 65 plus for the run home and have a couple of you know 85s in there and maybe even get another ton in there. He put 113 up against the Gold Coast in, in round nine with with his highest score. He's got to get one more ton this year, I reckon, and it's going to be on this run home. So I'm just mentioning him, Billy, as a Broncos matchup play if someone had to downgrade a centre. At 380k, he's only averaging 56 points this year. I'm sure that he's going to get to a 60-plus average. And to do that, he's going to have to average 65-plus for the run home. Yeah, look, if it was... If this was the preseason and you were putting a team together and you saw him for that sort of price for this sort of run, you'd jump on him, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and uh, he's just had a real down year. He's been removed from the leadership group and a lot of other things. I, I've actually said to people not to sell him um, last week and because like, you're going to want him to play him this week. And he's 100% a big play this week. Yeah, yeah, 100% playing this week. Um, I really like the fact that they've got the dogs twice and didn't even see that. So really good spot there. And yeah, those Dewey numbers are a lot better than what I thought. So I, I, I don't think I would have ever in my wildest dreams have said this, but I think Adam Dewey is coming very close to one of the, uh, the buyers of the comp for the next sort of couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm going to have to look at maybe sacrificing to be able to get him back in. Um, it's, it's really killing me that I bought Sean Johnson. I wish I held that now because I actually sold Adam Dewey to Sean Johnson a few weeks back. Um, and that's, it was something I didn't want to do. And I spoke to you on this podcast, actually, the last time you were on a month ago, I said that I wanted to hold Adam Dewey for this run home. Uh, and I think it's important to look at that. But then I sort of got stuck with the buy planning because I had nobody else to trade out and I had to get at least sort of 10 for that buy. So I got in Sean Johnson because he was a good buy. 
I had to sacrifice Adam Dewey. That's ended up killing me. So I've got massive buy regret too, just by getting Sean Johnson in for round 17 and for the run home, especially if he doesn't get the goal kicking back. Uh, mate, top spot bet of the week. Tigers plus three and a half, dollar ninety. I'm all over that one. Uh, I, I think the Tigers are a real good chance of turning it around against the Brogs. Yeah, I think so. Um, was it, so what, was it plus three and a half points for the line? What dollar ninety was it? Sure is. I I wouldn't even worry about the three the the plus three. I'd just go straight out. If they're gonna win. They're gonna win. Two dollars twenty if you want the money line on that one. That's uh, that's some really good odds from Top Sport. Yeah. Rabbits Bulldogs we're going to finish on, mate. And this is a big one because the Rabbits have shown they can put up some massive points, and it also means guys like Troll Mitchell are going to have, uh, and Cameron Murray and Damian Cook are going to have the longest rest possible after Origin, which is really good. Uh, already mentioned, you know, it's it, this is a really hard one. Okay, let's just get it out of the way now. I don't think anybody wants to buy or, or play or captain any of these Bulldogs. Uh, I'm sorry, Bulldogs fans. It's just the way it is. Souths are going to tell you this week. So conversely, there's like six guys on the South Sydney side that you'd want a piece of in this. Let's just go out and say Alex Johnston. Um, he's just tunning up all over the place. He's now over 750k. Five games, he scored 13 tries running into this one. Coming up against the Bulldogs side that he could put a, a hat-trick on very, very easily. He is coming off his last game only scoring 33 points against him with a try, which is just amazing from round four. But he's gone 130, 107, 80, 124, and 154 in his last five. And that's a 106.3 round average and a 119.5 round. He's now averaging 73 for the year. He's absolutely insane, Billy. But, you know, if... If you've captained him the last few weeks after you saw his, his, his run, you'd be absolutely laughing. You, you, your heart's going to be in your throat this week, but could it be, especially for must win head to heads, a big balls captaincy option against the Bulldogs? Um, <laughs> big balls, but your heart will be in the mouth half the time, particularly if um, if Gaga ends up coming coming back. So, would would you do it if Gaga was in the middle? Or would he have to be out for that to happen? Look, he still scored well with with him there. I mean, um, you know, he put up 107 in round 16, 130 last week. Yeah, look, I as good as he's going, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't captain him because I think there's there's way too many other. What do you put? Walker only had to play what sort of 65, 70 minutes to score pretty much the same, and he looked he looked pretty quiet for most of the match. So. I'd still be more than happy to go Walker over him, 100%. Yeah, I'm going to end up doing the C on Walker. I think that uh, as much as I'd like a piece of some of these other ones, um, Cody Walker against the Bulldogs, coming off 130, 99 and 110 these last three weeks, looking in superb touch. I, I can't see the Bulldogs sticking with South at all. Uh, so I really like it. If you don't own Cody Walker and you're planning on getting Cameron Munster, I'd be buying him this week and just forgetting about Munster. Uh, or if you don't have a, a good six option there, certainly Cody Walker. Uh, I think it's a great buy this week. Um, for pod purchases, I just need to own up to Campbell Graham because I said last week he was my favourite purchase um, as far as pods go for centre wing. Look, the two weeks before he didn't let me down. He was 102 and 107, but he ended up throwing up 33 points last week and just he couldn't get a try. So, unfortunate, but I'm backing him in this week. Um Billy, if you own other guys like Tarn Milne, 
I assume that despite the fact that he can score low, you're just playing every South player you can this week, despite the dogs going well last week against the Roosters. Yeah, particularly outside Max. Um, just disappointing for... Sorry, let me rephrase that. Very happy with him last week, obviously, but disappointed that he hasn't had the same sort of base as what he, what he was showing at the, um, at the Dragons when I first got you know, really excited about him. Like back yeah. then, but back then he was showing you know, sort of 10, 12, 14 points in tackle busts and sort of 14, 16 points in offloads per game. He was basically just punching the output of a forward without, without having any, any, any sort of clutch. So we were waiting for him for so long. Now that he finally got a start the last few weeks, he hasn't been having that sort of Brian Tuo type sort of kick returns, but he's been putting up, you know, sort of 30 points, but he just, because the rabbits always go left, he just hasn't had any of that attack. But with the weaker offense, it just kind of really opened up for him. And I was actually really surprised at how often Walker was on the other side of the field because normally he just stays left and just doesn't even bother coming, coming across. I was really surprised as well. I wonder if that's because Latrell wasn't there and whether Latrell being there is going to sort of stuff it up a little bit. Yeah, maybe maybe with Latrell there, it's just so easy for him to sweep him. When um, but when when he wasn't there, it's just it was just easier for Walker just to do it by himself. It was just either left or right. But it's, that's actually a really good point. So hopefully it doesn't come back to bite me in the butt. But even, even if it doesn't work, yeah, I can't not play a, a bloke that just scored 140 40 points coming up against the Bulldogs with Cody Walker in the team. We just have to play him. Yeah, it's a fair call as well. And I mean, look, the the two weeks before he scored tries and he only went 66 and 56. But I mean, you, he, he's a decent shot against the Bulldogs at getting one of those tries and still giving you a solid score even if he doesn't go large. Probably one of the biggest things with him, Billy, is that um, I can see that he's one of the most purchased players. Uh, people are, are trading him in heavily. Now, there's you know, there's downgrades happening to him and yeah, that makes some sense in throwing up some money. Three hundred seventy-nine thousand, though. Like I, I wouldn't be buying him. Like I, I don't really get the buying him aside from freeing up cash. Like, if you can buy a no for Luma for exactly the same money, who's got the Broncos this week and a, and a very good run home um, over Milne, I'd one hundred percent be doing that. And I know that no for Luma hasn't looked great, but even if you go back past last week's game, Tarn Milne hasn't been going that great either. And he doesn't have the pedigree or base that Nofaluma has. So I, I really like playing Milne. I agree with everything you said for this week. I really don't like purchasing him. I uh, have to disagree. Um, I, I was talking to my other guys and um, he asked me what to do this week. And I said, look, based off draw for the next five weeks and off the fact that Milne looks a lot better and seems to have made his position to lose and the fact that Cody Walker has actually gone looking right side, I think... I think he's a decent downgrade option because number one, he's got that great draw. You can hope for a repeat. He, he gives he gives he gives you cover flexibility for like we were talking about earlier. It's a cover second row as well as the sensory uh, quarter position with Burbo just rotating. So I think he adds a lot of value at the price. And even if it's only like one or two games that you're playing for, you jag you know 200, 250 points. I think that's probably worth it. Yeah, well, you know, we've got to get some that we disagree on because it gets really boring. So I'm glad that we've got one. I'm just going to go devil's advocate here and say, he's, I already mentioned his three games that he's been scoring tries. His three games that he hasn't have been 14, 42, and 39 points. And that's what you can expect when he's not scoring tries. But 
39 and 42 for a winger that doesn't score any tries. It's pretty much all wingers, though, isn't it, apart from two That's all right, but you also, you know, forgot the 14 in there as well. So I could say it's a three-round average there of, uh, you know, 32. I would give it him a mulligan there. I was hoping it was his first game. This <laughs> <laughs> is middle game, mate. You can't do it. <laughs> Um, as, no, look, as, it's... as Garrity would say, selective, select, select, <laughs> selective, selective, selective data to fit your narrative, really. Piss off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he uses that one on Wilfred too. But anyway, um, look, I, if he was cheaper, I kind of get it. But I just think at the price, there's so many other guys I'd rather go for. Like I, uh, I already mentioned No Faluma, Katoa comes to mind, uh, 50k more, Daniel Tupo comes to mind. You know, there's a lot of guys around that price group now. The only thing that I will say in, in the Milne purchase defence to finish up on is that he is a minus 56 BE. Now, that's, that shouldn't matter at this point, so I didn't take that into account when I said don't buy him. But if you've got eight trades and you've got most people that you want, then you can get him in and trade him out for 150k profit in a few weeks, potentially, or something like that. You know, that's Maybe that'll work, and that's fine. But I don't think at this point the break-evens really matter. I think everyone's just focusing on getting the guys in that they want to... Uh, keep for the run home or downgrade and have to use for the run home at times. So I'm I'm off him. But... Unless you've absolutely got not uh, three trades left and you are absolutely stacked, you've got nothing else to do. You can you can bring him in for the for the Bulldogs game this week. Hope he score. Hope he scores a ton. Makes a shitload of coin, and that and that that might be the quick upgrade for for someone to date for feeder in two weeks. And um, worst case scenario, best case scenario, if he keeps going with the points for that run. Bob's your uncle would just take the, take the pot luck and run too. Yep. No, that's true as well. Uh, for the top spot bet of the week on this one, you can get the Rabbitohs at a dollar four, which I'll say is about a cent better than most of their other competitors. But otherwise, the Lions are minus 25 and a half at a dollar 90. I know the Roosters didn't go that well against them last week, but it was absolutely pissing down rain in the second half. It shouldn't be this weekend on Sunday at Seabus Stadium. Uh, it should be a nice game at 6.15 as well. Dry track, hopefully. Minus 25.5 at $1.90. I'm going to go big and I'm going to go there. Um, it isn't up yet, but when they do come up, definitely I would be checking out the Alex Johnston hat-trick money because that's probably going to be $5 plus and that'll be pretty good. Yeah, I had a look at that last week. It was only $6.50. So I, um... Only six fifty. That's really good odds. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I was putting a multi on. I put... Um... Alex Johnson will travel into town, Milne travel as a, as a, as an all up, and I chucked ten bucks on it, and I thought I was, but I thought I was going to get like five hundred to one, <laughs> and I didn't, so I cancelled the bet. <laughs> <laughs> Probably should have gone for that one, mate. Yeah, in hindsight, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> all right, well that's the end of this NRL round. Thanks for jumping on again. It's been a month too long, but um, yeah, enjoyable. <laughs> we'll. Uh... We'll uh, have a look and see who was right about those uh, couple we disagreed with, mainly Milne. Yeah, thanks for having me again, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. You can obviously download or stream us or subscribe on iTunes, also SoundCloud, and also Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore AllStars. And we've mentioned Top Sport a lot because they are phenomenal. Have a bet with them if you're going to bet with anyone and use the promo code SC AllStars if you're going to start an account with Top Sport. Otherwise, good luck after Origin. Hopefully, everyone's players back up, but they probably won't. Good luck with your last trades and everything. If you're real low, make sure that you think about it twice, three times, four times, and I look forward to chatting again about it next week. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the 